the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, it's Thursday. J.R. Davis will be here in just a moment. And uh, we'll talk with him about a variety of subjects. We'll start off talking about President Trump and these tariffs and, uh, you know, some of the, the fighting that's going on with other countries and how that's affecting uh, agriculture here in the state because it is affecting the farmers in the state, especially soybean farmers. So we'll we'll talk about that. It's um, costing them money, say the least, the cost of uh, money that can be made as far as soybeans goes has dropped uh, precipitously here in the last few uh, weeks. So we'll talk to JR about that. And there's some other things that we need to touch base with him on that's going on in the, in the wonderful world of, of Arkansas right now. We'll want to talk about, like I said, the agriculture and the, uh, the tariffs. We'll talk about the uh, nominee for the Supreme Court, that, of course, uh, Justice Kavanaugh. Uh, we'll talk about new jobs here in the state, Caterpillar. Uh, also, we'll talk about teacher pay. A lot of people want to see that raised. And uh, then I, I told him, well, let's throw in and talk about those cannabis licenses that were just granted on Tuesday. And, uh, you know, what does that uh, mean here for the state as well? Uh, before we get into that, let me remind you that our sister station, 93.3 uh, FM, The Fish, is raising money for the Salvation Army of Central Arkansas. Uh, and don't forget, by the way, don't forget about the $20 challenge from the Dave Ellswick show. I uh, I gave $20 on thir- or Tuesday, and I... Uh, I challenged everybody who listens to the show to do the same, and I'll give you a phone number here in in just a moment. But uh, you can help the community today by dropping off your change or bills to help with the Million Penny Morning Show at any Central Arkansas David's Burgers, Wild River Country, or Family Life, or you can call the Salvation Army right now, and uh, you can tell them that you want to, you know, meet my challenge of 20 bucks or make whatever donation you want to make. Uh, it, it all breaks down into pennies in the end. Uh, the number for the Salvation Army, 501-374-9296. Dig deep, help the Salvation Army, help those in need. All the proceeds raised right here in central Arkansas. Uh, a lot of that money will go to their new pathway program. That is really a hands-up program, not a handout. And uh, you can help that by just calling right now, 501-374-9296. So joining us in the studio is uh, none other than J.R. Davis. He's been back a whole week now uh, from his uh, vacation. How long did it take you to get your sea legs back? 
Uh, well, you know, sort of like throw you back in and see if you can still swim. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> so it's it, fast. You really it takes time to get yeah. your rhythm back. There's a lot going on, so it was hitting the ground running, and um, and so you mentioned a lot of those topics, but yeah, lots to discuss today. Yeah, we do have a lot to discuss, and one of the big ones is that everybody knows that uh, President Trump uh, has been letting all the world powers know that. It's not a free ride on the United States, uh, you know, billfold anymore. Not NATO, not no one. I'm going to be interested when we really get into talking about the uh, U.N. again. Yeah. Because if it weren't for the United States, the U.N. would go away like in a heartbeat. There would be nothing but dust blowing through that building uh, in New York City. But let's start off with the tariffs because uh, – I understand where the president is coming from in some of the uh, tariffs that he's dealing with with China. The problem is, is that when you raise tariffs on certain products, typically the other country raises tariffs too. One of the tariffs that they have raised has been soybeans, which has hurt farmers here in Arkansas. JR, can you talk to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the governor has obviously supports the president in his goal to, uh, you know, uh, fix the imbalance of trade with specific countries, uh, whether it's the European Union, but specifically China in, in the latest uh, news to come out of Washington. Um, the governor, while he supports that goal, obviously these tariffs uh, have a really – uh, uh, horrible potential of hurting our farmers and what we've seen with soybeans lately. Well, so, soybean prices are down. Well, they were at what ten fifty a bushel, as high as ten fifty a bushel, and as soon as those uh, talks began about those tariffs, you start you saw that started starting to uh, decrease, and it's continued to do so. So, if you look at Arkansas, you have a twenty five percent tariff. The governor told uh, uh, a national media outlet earlier this week that uh, you know Arkansas farmers are the first to take that hit, especially when you look at our soybean production in the state. Which which I think it was three and a half million harvested acres from soybean farmers. That's uh, in, a lot of soybeans. Yeah, in 2017, with a value of about $1.74 billion. So it's a lot of money into the Arkansas economy. And so the governor, while while he supports, again, the goal of, of, of fixing those trade imbalances, we've got to make sure that we aren't making uh, one country or another say uncle, because it puts us in a very difficult position as far as our economy goes. And right now things are booming. But when you have tariffs like this and you have an impending trade war, you already have the $34 billion in tariffs, and now you're having another $200 billion that are being discussed that could be implemented as soon as September. Um, we've really got to we got to take a closer look at this to see you know how, how does this affect Americans here at home, and how does it affect the Arkansas economy? Has the governor been in contact with uh, the president's administration about this? Has he asked sure. them if there's going to be any help? From the federal government, because that's how a lot of these foreign countries do. Something like that happens, and they pour money into the, the coffers of farmers and car makers and all the rest of them. Yeah, well, his his uh, main contact, although he has had conversations uh, fairly frequently with the president, uh, has been the uh, uh, U.S. Trade Representative Lighthizer, uh, who he's had discussions with, and, and he's walked the governor through uh, some of our concerns uh, so we feel like we have a good relationship there, and they understand where we're coming from. But uh, his, you know, comments uh, to the trade representative have been the same that he's said in the public, and that's the fact that, you know, he continues to support the president, but he feels that it's appropriate to say there's a point that 
you know, we, sh- we can't be squeezed any further. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're in this together to a point. Um, but when it starts affecting uh, um, Arkansas farmers and our economy, which obviously agriculture is the number one industry in Arkansas, we have to we have to push back a little bit. And so that's where we are. You saw that the Senate, I believe it was on Tuesday as well, that they passed 88 to 11, um, a, a non-binding resolution that based, it was sort of a shot across the bow saying we need to have a little more oversight of these uh, uh, pending tariffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the longer this goes, uh, and and the more that sort of you know Americans and Arkansans start feeling this impact, uh, you're probably going to see more of a uh, an appetite to push something binding as far as legislative oversight in the Senate. Well, look, politicians have to be concerned about midterm elections as sure. well. And if uh, you're a, com- a a state like uh, Arkansas is, which is driven still, I think number one by agriculture, you know people like uh, Westerman and and French Hill yeah. and others, uh, probably Westerman and uh, up there in number two, trying to Crawford. think Crawford, mm-hmm. are going to you know be asked some very straight questions by yeah. farmers. Yeah. And those well, are votes that they were talking to you at that point. Exactly. I mean, you look at Arkansas, you look at Iowa, you look at some of these agricultural states, obviously we're, we're seeing the immediate uh, effects of these tariffs, and so I think that's where you're you're seeing sort of a uh, uh, an immediate concern here in Arkansas. And, and look, you know the, the governor. I mean, he, he's quick to point to all the good things that President Trump has done. Obviously, yes. we're dealing. We'll talk about you know Judge Kavanaugh here in a moment. Um, but between uh, Justice Gorsuch, uh, his newest nominee, the tax cuts at the end of last year, the deregulation. Uh, you know he's done a tr- he's done a tremendous amount in his administration, and as mu- as much as he wants to be able to give the confidence and that latitude the president needs to negotiate these sort of uh, trade agreements, you know we've got to get to a point where we just make sure that we're not hurting ourselves or overextending ourselves to a point um, that it's it's tough to bounce back from. Well, Especially I'm, when we're in an economy like you said, I think you were the one that used the uh, analogy that you know you're basically we're we're pouring. Uh, uh, I forget what you said, nitrous into the gas tank of a yeah. Ferrari sort of thing. I mean, our economy is booming, and I think if you do anything uh, to to uh, uh, impede that progress, there's a chance that we could really hurt ourselves quickly uh, on something like this. So I, I just think, again, you know, we want the president to have that latitude. We want him to negotiate, but we've got to be careful not to hurt our farmers. Well, I just want when the governor talks to the administration for them to tell them what the end game is on all of this what is it that we're wanting the chinese to do for us to say okay we we got what we want now we'll move back uh sure we won't be shooting at each other exactly i think that would be helpful too obviously we understand the uh the art of negotiation sometimes is not showing all of your cards but that's exactly right when you're looking at a state like arkansas again where agriculture is our number one industry those are some of the questions that we would like answers to and if you look at the the uh, sort of the stratagem between china or on china's side or on the u.s's side soybeans are not necessarily a leveraging point for china mm-hmm. uh they i think they I think they said 1.4 billion dollars, or excuse me, 1.4 billion tons of soybeans they import every single year. They use a lot of soybeans, so for them to be able to say that we're going to put these tariffs on soybeans from the United States, 
Uh, I don't know where they're going to make that up, at least in the short term. Uh, you hear different things like they're having negotiations with Russia on their border to see if they can start farming soybeans there. Uh, there was a notice from the government of China basically telling all the, the uh, corn farmers there to stop and immediately and start plant soybeans. soybeans. Yeah. Um, so, so they're trying. Kind of like just, American farmers figuring it out real quick when they went yeah, to soybeans. Exactly. So, so basically, uh, I don't think that's a great leveraging point for China because I don't think they're going to be able to make up uh, what they've imported on a regular uh, annual basis uh, in years past. But China also has other options when you're talking about tariffs or when you're talking about a trade war. They don't necessarily have to respond uh, or retaliate. Uh, with tariffs, you know, they could refuse to buy American products outright. Like we talked about Boeing planes, mm-hmm. which could hurt the American economy. Uh, they could intensify regulation of American companies doing business on their mainland there in China. And the one that really is sort of a uh, an interesting aspect, they could offload some of those um, uh, portfolio in the Treasury that they have here in the United yeah. States. They could threaten to do that. So they've got other options. I don't necessarily think the soybeans, and I'm no expert on this, but I don't think soybeans is their greatest leveraging point, so I think you may see some sort of uh, compromise on that. But there are other ways that China can retaliate. Obviously, there's other ways that the United States can retaliate. But to make either country say uncle is not necessarily going to benefit the American people in the short term. Long term, I understand, but we've got to see the end game here. And I think that just to give some sort of confidence to our farmers and to the Arkansas economy as a whole, because we entered the year uh, with a lot of – um, you know, with a positive outlook, and we yep. had a strong 2017. We expect to have an even stronger 2018, but obviously, when tariffs get into the mix and you see soybean prices you never plummet, know. you know, that's when people start getting a little shaky. So, again, the governor's confident in the president and wants him to be able to negotiate these deals, but again, we've got to sort of have, a, have an end game here to figure out what we're supposed to do and what we can look forward to as well. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are going on. We've talked about them on the show before. We know about the ships showing up in the harbor yeah. and being told you can't offload you know the things that are on those ships right now and of course people start losing money immediately when things are sitting on a ship and not going anywhere and not bringing money back to our shore so uh something to keep your eye on we'll be talking about it i'm sure in the future china's not the only place the tariffs are going against mexico canada and others the uk the east you know the eu and all the rest of them When we come back, we'll talk about uh, the latest nominee to the Supreme Court, uh, Brett Kavanaugh. We've been spending some time this week here on my show talking about him. Had a great discussion yesterday with the Heritage Foundation about him. Uh, Found out things that I didn't know about him that I thought were very, very interesting. We'll come back, talk about all this, and uh, J.R. Davis is our guest for this hour. He's spokesman from the uh, governor's office Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, remember that everything you know about claiming your Social Security benefits has really been turned upside down because every year they change the rules about how you can go in and claim your benefits for uh, Social Security. And uh, your decision uh, can cost you tens of thousands of dollars in lifetime benefits that are rightfully yours, plus higher taxes, plus increased Medicare premiums. So what you want to do before you start making decisions like this is get the facts in their updated 2018 Guide to Social Security from David Lucas of the David Lucas Show. You hear that that show every Saturday here at 101.1 FM, The Answer, 10 o'clock, 3 o'clock. 
The simple and easy-to-read guide packed full of up-to-date information for 2018 that can help you avoid losing that money in lifetime benefits that's rightfully yours. To get your free 2018 Guide to Social Security, be one of the first 10 callers right now, 501-653-6690. That number again, 501 653 6690. All right, back with you. Got to ask you, JR, if uh, next, I guess next Friday, a week from uh, tomorrow, are you going to go hear either Corey Lewandowski or hear Candace Candace Owens? You have got to go here. She's going to be speaking at uh, the state convention. She's the convention special uh, guest, and uh, she is the uh, communications director for Turning Point USA. Most of the signs that are here in this studio are from uh, Turning Point USA. Did not know that. They're good people. They're really good people, and they have a lot of college students that work for them, and they're always at CPAC, and, of course, they're at uh, college campuses all over the United States. Uh, We're going to try to make sure that they don't get thrown off of the ASU campus ever again after we have the big meeting starting next January with the the Senate and the the state – representatives that that should never ever happen either so uh you're going to he- go hear either one of them yeah i will not actually be around next weekend uh-uh. but, uh candace owens i i i uh i finally remember the the tweets from kanye west and all of that stuff <laughs> that went down she's very interesting she's a uh, uh outspoken and young she's leader not intimidated no she's not and i think you know especially when you're talking about young conservatives yeah. and the next generation uh, i think she's definitely a breath of fresh air so it's uh uh good news that she's coming to arkansas but uh i will sadly not be around next weekend well Corey lewandowski you got to go see that just to see what the guy's going to say he'll he'll be dropping some bombs i'm sure <laughs> i think that yeah i think that one caught a lot of people off guard yeah <laughs> anyway and it's going to be interesting go. he's going to be here by the way, if you want to go, let me look here. There's, I've got some information on it. You RSVP at uh, ArkansasGOP.org slash convention. That's ArkansasGOP.org slash uh, convention. And this is all taking place next Friday, uh, the 20th. And uh, that is at 7 o'clock in the evening. Uh I don't know where Kent, what time she's, oh, she's speaking on Saturday, the 21st. It's all happening at the Benton Event Center. Uh, one is, that's uh, Candace, uh, at the Benton Enclave Gallery. Uh, that's where Corey will be speaking. So, you know, if you don't have anything planned, makes sense to show up and uh, hear what those people have to say. You may not agree with with uh, Lewandowski, but you'll have some insights. I'll guarantee you that. And on Saturday night, do go see Candace. Uh, she'll be really, really good. All right, so let's. Uh, we've got about a minute and a half before we get to the news. Um, how's your How's the feeling from the governor and uh, most of the Republicans that you rub uh, elbows with all the time about Kavanaugh? I think over uh, overall, you know, positive. Uh, I think people are glad that uh, this is the sort of nominee that the president has shown a consistent um, uh, resolve to nominate. Obviously, with Gorsuch, and I think now with Kavanaugh, everything I've read about uh, the guy is is pretty stellar. 
Um, and I think the White House has done a nice job. Of, if you want a family man, you've got the right guy. Yeah, I'm just telling you. And I'll tell you this, the White House has done a tremendous job of getting some of those talkers and background, just letting people understand who this guy is. Um, but but the other things that I've read, um, I'm positive on them. Obviously, we'll watch the uh, confirmation process. I think Democrats have an uphill battle. Uh, Huge to block that, uphill. Especially after you hear from Murkowski uh, and um, – uh, Collins and Collins, yeah, in Maine. So, I mean, I think those are some of the things that those are two of the members they were banking on, and obviously that doesn't look good for the Democrats. So, I would expect him to be confirmed. I'm I'm positive towards him. I think he's a, a good uh, nominee, uh, and we'll see what else comes out during those confirmation hearings. But I think obviously his history on uh, the D.C. Circuit Court, obviously with uh, President Bush's administration in three different capacities. So, uh, I think he's been consistent, um, and I think we've already sort of seen. How he would, uh, um, how he would rule on the Supreme Court just in his career beforehand. So I think we've got a pretty clear picture of who Judge Kavanaugh is at this point. All right, let, we'll, we're going to talk more about yep. this, but uh, let's uh, break for the news that's coming up here right now here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Got to ask you, Jr. If uh, next, I guess next Friday, a week from uh, tomorrow, are you going to go uh, hear either Corey Lewandowski or hear Candace o- Candace Owens? You have got to go here. She's yeah. she's going to be speaking at uh, the state convention. She's the convention special uh, guest, and uh, she is the con- uh, communications director for Turning Point USA. Most of the signs that are here in this studio are from uh, Turning Point USA. Did not know that. They're good people. They're really good people, and they have a lot of college students that work for them, and they're always at CPAC, and, of course, they're at uh, college campuses all over the United States. Uh, We're going to try to make sure that they don't get thrown off of the ASU campus ever again after we have the big meeting starting next January with the the Senate and the the state – representatives that that should never ever happen either so uh you're going to he- go hear either one of them yeah i will not actually be around next weekend uh-uh. but, uh candace owens i i i uh i've finally remember the the tweets from kanye west and all of that stuff <laughs> that went down she's very interesting she's a uh, uh outspoken and young she's leader. not intimidated no she's not and i think you know especially when you're talking about young conservatives yeah. and the next generation uh, i think she's definitely a breath of fresh air so it's uh, uh good news that she's coming to arkansas but uh, i will sadly not be around next weekend well Corey lewandowski you got to go see that just to see what the guy's going to say he'll he'll be dropping some bombs i'm sure <laughs> i think that yeah i think that one caught a lot of people off guard yeah <laughs> anyway and it's going to be interesting go. he's going to be here by the way, if you want to go, let me look here. There's, I've got some information on it. You RSVP at uh, ArkansasGOP.org slash convention. That's ArkansasGOP.org slash uh, convention. And this is all taking place next Friday, uh, the 20th. And uh, that is at 7 o'clock in the evening. Uh I don't know where Kent, what time she's, oh, she's speaking on Saturday, the 21st. It's all happening at the Benton Event Center. Uh, one is, that's uh, Candace, uh, at the Benton Enclave Gallery. Uh, that's where Corey will be speaking. So, you know, if you don't have anything planned, it makes sense to show up and uh, hear what those people have to say. You may not agree with with uh, Lewandowski, but 
you'll have some insights. I'll guarantee you that. And then on Saturday night, you go see Kansas. Uh, she'll be really, really good. All right, so let's. Uh, we've got about a minute and a half before we get to the news. Um, how's your How's the feeling from the governor and uh, most of the Republicans that you rub uh, elbows with all the time about Kavanaugh? I think over uh, overall, you know, positive. Uh, I think people are glad that uh, this is the sort of nominee that the president has shown a consistent. Um, uh, resolve to nominate, obviously with Gorsuch, and I think now with Kavanaugh. Everything I've read about uh, the guy is is pretty stellar, um, and I think the White House has done a nice job of. You want a family man? You've got the right guy. Yeah, I'm just telling you. And I'll tell you this: the White House has done a tremendous job of getting some of those talkers and background, just letting people understand who this guy is. Um, but but the other things that I've read, um, I'm positive on him. Obviously, we'll watch the uh, confirmation process. I think Democrats have an uphill battle. Uh, Huge to block that, uphill, especially after you hear from Murkowski uh and um uh, collins and collins yeah in maine so i mean i think those are some of the things that those are two of the members they're banking on and obviously that doesn't look good for the democrats so i would expect him to be confirmed i'm i'm positive towards him i think he's a, a good uh nominee uh and we'll see what else comes out during those confirmation hearings but i think obviously his history on uh, the dc circuit court obviously with uh, president bush's administration in three different capacities so uh, I think he's been consistent, um, and I think we've already sort of seen how he would uh, um, how he would rule on the Supreme Court just in his career beforehand. So I think we've got a pretty clear picture of who Judge Kavanaugh is at this point. All right, let, we'll, we're going to talk more about yep. this, but uh, let's uh, break for the news. That's coming up here right now here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Final segment, Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, with J.R. Davis, spokesman for the governor's office. Again, don't forget about our uh, sister station, The Fish, at 93.3. They're trying to help out the Salvation Army. They're doing the Million Penny Morning Show. Uh, They need your help to make the million pennies. You can do that by stopping by any Arkansas David Burgers, Wild River Country, or Family Life and dropping off uh, your pennies, your spare uh, change, or maybe you want to give a significant a uh, donation of a couple of hundred dollars or whatever, or you want to just meet the Dave Ellswick Challenge. I put out uh, early last week, $20 is what I donated. I'd like you to do the same. You can do that by just calling the Salvation Army at 501-374-9296. All the money that's given going to the Salvation Army stays right here in central Arkansas. That number again 501-374-9296. New jobs here. I mean, we had the Caterpillar announcement uh, just last week uh, for us. Uh, JR, anything else that we need to know about? Well, the Caterpillar is the most recent as far as uh, big-time announcements. They announced that they will not only be expanding but uh, creating about 250 more jobs. And the governor loves to uh, use this uh, example uh, with Riceiver up in Jonesboro, which was a Chinese company that we brought in through uh, as a result of uh, those um, trade missions. So Riceiver, they they make a component that Caterpillar will now use and and use in their supply chain. So they're going to contract with Riceiver for 
Uh, I don't know how much money it is, but that's something that allows Rice River to expand and put roots further down in Jonesboro. And you've got Caterpillar here in North Little Rock that's contracting out with Rice River. So it just kind of talks about how every time every time you have a, a direct job creation, you have these indirect effects, which are always positive, mm-hmm. whether it's adding to the supply chain uh, or, um, you know, or, or and this is a big thing, too, is that when you're pitching companies in, you already have that set up supply chain that they feel like they can tap into once they're set up. So uh, so 250 direct jobs and then you, you know, got all no the ancillary many, jobs. Yeah, yeah. And no telling how many indirect jobs that will provide. So that was a big announcement last week. Uh, we've got more to come. Uh, we created a little Arkansas jobs video on the governor's YouTube page, courtesy our videographer, Jeremy May, who does a great job. Uh, but you can go to YouTube, search Governor Hutchinson. Uh, check out his page, and it's the latest one on there, and it kind of recaps the last couple of months where we've had quite a few job creation announcements or uh, work training center announcements that we've opened up that are reaching more people in those local rural communities to help them uh, receive more training or education, whatever they need to get into the workforce. So uh, we're, we're moving and grooving here in Arkansas, and I think you'll see some more of those announcements in the next uh, few weeks. Uh, but otherwise, we're, we're uh, feeling really good about where we are right now. All right. Let's talk in the final few moments that we have. Uh, this is a subject that kind of appeared uh, on the radar screen last week as well, and mm-hmm. that has to be teachers' pay. Yeah. What What is the, the governor thinking of it at this time? Well, I think kind of to, to lay the groundwork here for people to understand, in, the majority of the increases to the salaries of teachers in the last 15 years have occurred since Governor Hutchinson's been in office. We've given um, uh, increases to minimum teacher salary for the last two years, and the governor's announced recently that he wants to increase that total from about 31400 to $36,000 dollars uh within the next four years which i think is is an incredible feat especially when you look at rural communities in arkansas and what that minimum pay is right now now you've taken into account that obviously there's places like northwest arkansas some parts of central arkansas uh and northeast arkansas that pay a little bit more than mm-hmm. the minimum right but when you're looking at smaller rural school districts uh where that minimum's 31 right now we have increased in the past but when that's 31 that goes to 36 that makes a tremendous difference uh, to the bottom line and i think it really helps for retention of those teachers, especially in the rural communities of Arkansas. Uh, to put it in perspective, right now, Arkansas is sort of middle of the pack when it comes to teacher pay in our region. Uh, the highest is Tennessee at 33000 uh, Texas is at 28000 but by the end of uh, the governor's second term in office, we'll be at thirty six, and it'll be the highest in the region. So I think that's a, a great bragging point for Arkansas, and I think it underscores the governor's focus on making sure that uh, we making sure we're getting the best and the brightest that are going into education because they're the ones responsible for bringing up the next generation. So we have a commitment there, and the governor's proven that by what he wants to do with teacher pay. All right. We are out of time. We appreciate the hour you've given us, Jr. Jr. Davis is the spokesman for the governor's office. He joins us every Thursday at this time to talk about what they're doing in this administration. So we'll do it again next week and talk to him then. JR, thanks a lot. Thanks, Dave. Keep in mind that you uh, can help out the Salvation Army and our sister station, 93.3 FM, The Fish, uh, by being part of the Million Penny Morning Show. Uh, go by, drop off your uh, change or, or bills or multiple bills at uh, David's Burgers or Wild River Country or Family Life. Uh, to go towards this uh, total of $10,000 that we're trying to raise for the Salvation Army and 
and uh, their programs, one being uh, Pathway, the new program they're using, which is truly a, a hand up and not a hand out. Uh, or you can call the Salvation Army right now at 501-374-9296 and make your uh, uh, you know donation over the phone using debit card or credit card or whatever. Uh, match my challenge that I put out to you, the listeners of my show, of $20. I gave $20 last week. We've had several more people take care of putting their $20 forward. We hope you'll do the same, and all you have to do is call 501-374-9296. Now, all the money that's raised, if we raise the $10,000 or if we raise more, all of it stays right here in central Arkansas. The number again is 501-374-9296. There's uh, things going on in the state of Arkansas with our uh, politicians, whether they be state reps or whether they be state senators. We all know that in the last few months, maybe the last year, year and a half, a lot of, uh, of uh, I guess, zeroed-in concern about opioids has been going on here in the United States and uh, in here in uh, Arkansas as well. And, uh, you know, I, I, I look at it, and I know it's a problem, and I think that there's some things that probably need to be done about that. However, when politicians start getting involved in how many pills you can take or how strong the pills can be, and things of that nature, as far as I'm concerned, that's going too far. Uh, I mean, we have the, the the silly thing about, you know, abortions between a, a woman and her doctor, uh, and I think that's a very, very weak uh, type of uh, discussion. But when it comes to the medicines you take, that is between you and your sure. doctor. They know, they understand what your problems are, uh, not some guy that's sitting behind a, a microphone in either the state house uh, or the state senate and start making decisions of uh, that a patient can only have seven opioid pills a week when the doctor says, you know, you need more to be able to control the pain that you're in. Yeah. And I, I have people that I brought this up that we we're going to talk about this and said, well, you know, some of these doctors just, uh, they're like, you know, pill machines. And I go, well, you know, that's something that needs to be investigated. Yeah, there And if there's a problem with it, then then the doctor should get in trouble. But you don't punish the patients. And, and that's what's happening. So I wanted to do a show on this. And uh, I was talking to Elizabeth, and she had been contacted by some folks that were wondering if i'd be interested in talking about it and of course this is right in my wheelhouse all right i'm all about people being able to make their own decisions about their health care and so uh that's why i hate obamacare sure and so we we got uh you know lisa O'Kane here and heather pomplin as well did i say it right you said it i did it good (laughs) that doesn't happen a lot does it russ (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's saying go there he's shaking his head no no 
I'm the Harry Carey of Names of Talk Radio. Uh, well, we were there. warned before we came on here that that may happen, and I was okay with it. All right, I'm glad. So we got Heather and Lisa here, and I'm, I'm going to talk, just open it up to them to start off. Let them tell you a little bit of their uh, their stories and uh, explain what they understand is going on about uh, opioids here in the state. So who go, wants to go first, Lisa or Heather? Um. I'll go first. And you are? I'm Lisa O'Kane. Okay, here's Lisa. <laughs> um, the state medical board passed regulation two um, about how the opioids could be, I guess, distributed by doctors for chronic pain patients. And the thing is, they say that we're not telling the doctors they cannot prescribe what you need. They just have to follow all of this documentation. And the documentation is very ambiguous. And if a doctor is found guilty of not following this documentation, that they don't know what they're following, obviously, then they're um, found guilty of malpractice, which means they'll lose their license. So, so many of the pain doctors and even family practice doctors are saying we will not prescribe over the 50 morphine milligrams equivalent because of this. That's where you have to start documenting. (laughs) Okay. They're building something upstairs. Oh, okay. <laughs> going on? So that leaves chronic pain patients just hurting very badly without any quality of life. Um, all across the nation, people are committing suicide because of the pain that they're in. It's just a horrible situation. Well, and the doctors are terrified. They to are. Prescri- I mean, you know, it's, yeah, it's horrible. I should have gotten a doctor in here to talk about this. Yeah, I think I'll have to do that in the near future. We actually wanted to get a doctor in here to speak about that, but the problem of it is they feel intimidated. They are intimidated because they're afraid if they step up, it's going to single them out, and the medical board will call them in front of them, find one little piece of documentation that wasn't dated correctly or something else, and they will lose their lives. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So Heather, how is this affecting you? Okay, well, um, it has, they've cut my medication back twice. Um, okay, turn that mic okay. right there. There you go. S- okay, since last year, um, in the beginning of last year, I was doing very well. I actually, my doctor put me on a new drug called Nacenta, and I had morphine time released in the background, and Nacenta to me was a godsend miracle drug. Unfortunately, it turned out to be a very expensive drug. Um, so my insurance company, after six months, decided that the $600 a month for Nucenta was above what they were willing to do. So they put me back on Percocet, which was not as effective. And I didn't find this out till later, but Nucenta is one of these amazing drugs approved by the FDA that has a deterrent in it so that you can't abuse it. If you abuse it, you can't get high off of it, but you can get sick from the deterrent. And there are several drugs like this that the FDA has approved, but they're very expensive. So I don't understand why we're not even looking at this as an option. They cut my medicine in half the first time um, towards the end of the last year. Okay, let me stop you. They cut your medicine in half. Was that the the doctor did it because of this regulation number two? Yes. Okay. Um, He he felt that um, he had to follow within the guidelines that they were setting and um, didn't have any choice of the matter. And after that, um, my health started to decline. The things I was able to participate in got fewer and fewer. Then my medication was lowered again. And after that, 
for the most part, I spend most of my days in bed or on my couch. Um, my husband talked to Channel 7 News um, about my condition because he's viewing it from the outside. I have problems walking and my leg stops working sometimes. When I was properly medicated, I knew when I was prone to fall because mm-hmm. the pain was flaring up. Now the pain is constantly flared up. I've had to cut back on all the activities I enjoy, simple things, going out to dinner with friends, grocery shopping, being able to pick up around the house, and my husband's had to pick up the slack. And it is not fair to take someone who is not abusing their medication. We have to take drug tests. We've signed pain contracts. If my doctor calls me and says, bring your meds in, and he counts my pills, and they are all there, because if one's missing, it would I wouldn't have a doctor anymore. Have they done that before? Yes. I take drug tests on a regular basis. Um, I've been called in at least a couple times in the past from doctors for a pill count where I had to bring my medication in, and they counted them. And I've always been compliant. And all of us are mostly compliant or we wouldn't have a doctor and what they're not really pointing out is that this broad brush they're using to pass this law are trying to help people who are gaining this illicitly and in the meantime hurting people who are not Mm -hmm. abusing it and who have a real problem if this law passes i have two options i can lay in bed in pain at home and not be able to do anything or i can go check myself into an assisted living facility where any doctor could prescribe me the proper amount that I needed. But either one of those things completely takes away my right to pursue happiness. Okay. Lisa, how is it for you? Um, I'm actually one of the luckier ones where I guess my dose of medication wasn't as high as some other people's. Mm -hmm. So when my medication got cut, it did affect me where I am having to pick and choose the things that I do. Um, but thank God it it hasn't, you know, it has affected me where, you know, I can't watch my grandchildren all the time like I would like to, or I am missing out on family functions. So it's a pick and choose what I do or, you know, can do. And my husband is also having to pick up the slack. Um, so it, it's been rough, but if this passes and it's brought down to the 50 MME morphine milligram equivalent, then I, too, I'm in the same boat as Heather. I don't know what kind of quality of life that I will have at all. Okay, so, now, you, now you're, both of you have it said if this becomes law. Mm-hmm. So this is a regulation right now. It's not a law in the state, but they're looking at making it a law in the next General Assembly? That is correct. On July 27th, they will be holding a final Oh, I'm sorry. July 17th, they will be holding the final vote for this. It was um, scheduled for last month, but... Lisa and I showed up and we spoke to the Rules and Regulation Committee and um, at that point only one person objected to it. Everyone else was for it. So she and I made it our job to start calling our representatives, emailing senators, getting in touch with all of our local government officials any way we could. And by Friday when the vote came up, it was 16 against it and 17 for, and there were some that were absent, so they had to postpone the final vote. So we're hoping that by getting this information out there of who is actually being harmed by this, that they will reconsider and send this back to the medical board and make them rewrite it. So this is next Tuesday that yes. this vote's coming up. Yes, sir. All right. And where will this meeting be held? Um, it's yeah. going to be held in the Big Mac building behind the Capitol. Right. Um, at 
one or one thirty. I'm not for sure of the time. Um, it is on Mall Street. On Mall Street. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the Rules and Regulations Subcommittee. It got sent back there from the legislator, Legislative Council um, because they felt like they needed to do more investigating on it. And thank you to Senator Rice, who is the one who stood up for us. Amen. And Senate, you know, talked to people about the issue and how it is affecting the chronic pain patients. Um, and one thing I would like to say is Arkansas is rated number one in the nation mm-hmm. in adolescent abuse of prescription opioids. And there is nothing that is addressing this issue in any of the regulations. And, you know, when my stepdaughter was a kid, she was a cheerleader and a dancer, got hurt all the time, constantly in the emergency room. And every time she got a prescription for hydrocodone. And, you know, you think about it, kids are so resilient. I mean, she didn't need that. Well, and they, too, I mean, they need to be going after these quacks, the well-known. And I know of two or three that I've heard of in different parts of Arkansas, just in northern Arkansas and even northern in Arkansas, Little Rock yes. is really bad. Yes, in very North, bad. In northern Arkansas, mm-hmm. I won't call. Well, call no, out, we but, won't say names. No, right, no. But, but, <laughs> but they they are, that they get, they're the candy doctor. Yeah. And they need to be going after those people. And they have, yeah. and they've totally just sent them back. And we're yeah, not saying right. that there shouldn't be regulations. As a matter of fact, sure. if you need more um, than one month of a pain prescription, if you break your leg or something, I think you should have to go and see a pain specialist. You know, I am for some of these restrictions. However, compliant chronic pain patients shouldn't be affected by this and shouldn't be told how much the doctors can prescribe them. Even pain doctors, though, are uh, pulling back on, uh, just from my experience, I had blown a huge, huge disc in my back several years ago and had it before the neurosurgeon had an appointment with the pain doctor. This was over in Jonesboro. And I got a letter before I ever came that said, I mean, this, you know, I have my appointment set, whatever. And it said, basically, if you're uh, looking to get any kind of pain meds for anything, we do not dispense it unless you have cancer. Literally, like Are I was blown serious? away. I swear, swear. Wow. I still have the letter. I was blown away, which I, I mean, I still went. I had issues with that doctor, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> but I mean, literally, like, mm-hmm. okay, like people can't be in pain and like and excruciating pain that yeah. don't have can't. Like right. that's awful. Yeah. Well, and they also have the prescription monitoring program now mm-hmm. that they made mandatory. Yeah. I believe back in July of seventeen. Mm-hmm. And so it's a double-check system where the doctor has to check it and the pharmacist has to check it. They can see everything that patient, that doctor, has done. What is it? This is not reinventing the wheel. Mm -hmm. That's what they're trying to do, but you don't need to do that. When you consider for just a moment, you haven't been able to go out and and get pseudoephedrine for a long time across the counter. (laughs) You'll remember they they used to track that at the pharmacy, so they know they can do that. So what's the big deal on this? Well, probably the I, pharmaceutical lobby and too. I mean, you know, the follow uh, the money and, and the politics that's involved with with medicines are making it look like they're doing something. When it's they're smoking just mirrors. Yes, yes. Yeah. Smoking mirrors. Yeah. So, who is the um, lawmaker who is sponsoring the legislation? Do we know? Um, I, I'm not sure who that. Well, is. it came from um, Act 820, which is the prescription monitoring bill. And if I may be wrong about this, but I believe the governor 
had them put in there that the uh, medical board had to come Be up involved. with right and so did you know veterinaries and dentists they all had to come up with new prescribing. so the governor was behind this gotcha I, if i'm not mistaken now nobody take that from yeah. my heart because i'm yeah, not for sure but that's my understanding of it it wouldn't surprise me I would also like to point out that um, I attended one of the medical board meetings and um, spoke to them as well as dozens of other patients or their family members. And what did they say? Well, um, basically a lot of finger pointing happened, but I was surprised because I found this document that O'Dwyer, um, who is the attorney for the medical board, sent to the Legislative Rules and Rec Committee that summarized our statement. And what he said about me is Heather Pomplin says she doesn't like the documentation. That's not what I said. What I said was I do yoga at home. I have an inversion table. I can't afford to go back to physical therapy three times a week at $35 a pop to pay for this. And this would negatively affect people who can't afford that. And I've already documented in the past these treatments. So why am I have to document again? One of the doctors on the board told me, just tell your doctor you're doing yoga, and that's proper documentation. We know it's not. So Lisa and I both were misrepresented by O'Dwyer and had to go and speak to the Rules and Rec Committee and tell them that O'Dwyer misrepresented us. When we tried to get a transcript from one of those meetings to prove that we did not say what he surmised we said, mm-hmm. we were told it would be $1,600 to get a transcript. Well, wow. to get it from this the was the medical or, society to yes, get a transcript yes, from the medical no, from the medical board from the medical Whoa. board yeah. of what was actually said. Well, because they pay to have the court reporter there, but they don't pay to have the transcription. Yes, yeah. But we also told the legislators that several other people were misrepresented, and they were, and several other people that spoke at the public comment meetings were not even represented as speaking on the summary wasn't it kurt lane who spoke at one of those yeah. it wasn't oh, even wow. sh- yeah. shown as speaking at that yes all right so, i gotta i gotta take a break when we come back we'll answer uh, some more questions that i have that i know elizabeth has and uh that shelly has and our guests uh lisa and heather are going to give us uh, the answers they have and if you have a question 823-0965 maybe you want to talk to one of these ladies and find out how you can work with them before next tuesday when they're going to make this into put it in cement uh don't forget about sunny's auto salvage your number one choice for recycled auto parts i've talked about sunny's now for years rd who's on my show on tuesdays uh and part of the power panel uh is one of those guys that goes out and finds the well-maintained total loss vehicles they take all of the good parts off of that vehicle and you can buy one of them from him and get a warranty up to three years uh and they'll do work on your car if you need a a technician they do that at sunny's get a three-year warranty parts and labor and then get unlimited mileage during that three years and uh you know you're covered anything goes wrong with it if it needs to be replaced, they're going to replace it. If it needs to be fixed, they're going to fix it. And you can save yourself about 50% by doing that. That's Sunny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice of recycled auto parts. I've used them quite extensively. I've bought a motor from them. I've bought transmissions from them. I have bought uh, taillights, and uh, I'm getting ready to buy a rear uh, windshield wiper. 
982-7451, the number to call for Sonny's Auto Salvage. All right, back with you. Joining us uh, by phone is uh, State Senator Terry Rice. And, Senator, thanks for being part of uh, this discussion about Act 820 Regulation 2. I've got a couple of people on my show today, Lisa O'Kane and Heather Pomplin, uh, and they've both been talking about, you know, they understand that the opioid epidemic is a bad thing, but they don't want to see things put into place that punishes people who actually need the drugs because they are suffering from pain, that they uh, they have no problem with things that would keep unscrupulous people from, from getting the drugs. So, I mean, how do, how do we take care of both sides of this equation? And, uh, David, I appreciate the opportunity to come on. I, I'd been notified uh, that... Uh, uh, the ladies that testified at the committee were going to be able to be on today, and and I listen when I can, uh, uh, and I got to hear the part of the program. Me update and kind of fill in a little bit. This is Rule Two Point Four okay. by the Medical Board, and uh, in last month's uh, Legislative Council Subcommittee Rules and Regulations, where we uh, review, uh, discuss, debate. Uh, these agencies' uh, rules, uh, this, uh, I, I admonished my colleagues uh, because I had been through pain management uh, a number of years ago, uh, had multiple surgeries that some people can't have that wouldn't do, won't necessarily do any, you know, fix their problem. Uh, I, I, one of the lucky ones that came out the other side, Nadville controls uh, most of my daily pain, but I lived with chronic pain and, and I uh, had uh, pain blocks, shots in the back of my head and, and uh, a number of things I won't get into uh, to work. But unless you've lived with chronic pain, I don't think any of us can have the appreciation that many people face each and every day. So quality of life is some of this. And, and again, I'm admonishing my colleagues to give us a little time to gather more information on this. The medical board... Uh, in, in my investigation on this and, and things that were stated in committee, voted in the past, in the last few months, 12 to 1 for this Rule 2.4, which sets the base at uh, uh, 50 uh, mmH, uh, and anything above that has to be documented. They kept saying this is a simple deal that doesn't do a lot because... It doesn't say you can't go above 50. It just says you have to document it. Well, that sounds well, but the real-life aspect of it, because the control, and I'm not knocking on the medical board, but they have extensive power over practitioners. Mm-hmm. And, and if they feel the practitioner is not doing something right, if you get on the wrong side of them, they can pull your practice and and. They might, you might get it back, you might not. It's going to be expensive probably to peel and fight. And, and, and I've seen some of this in the past. So, uh, again, not knocking them, but understanding the current chairman of the board, he wasn't chair at the time of this vote, I understand, was the lone vote. And, and from memory, the and this will be discussed in, in the committee coming up, from memory, he said, uh, you know, this is just setting a base of, of 50 is is really basically irrelevant because it doesn't meet 
the individual patient's needs, and it can vary so much. And having lived through some of that, uh, I well understand it. So on the 17th, the Arkansas Legislative Council Rules and Regs Subcommittee meets at 1 p.m. in the Mike Billing room, the big room A. And this is a carryover, so I don't know how much time the chairs are Representative Kim Hammer and Senator David Sanders. I don't know how much time. There's, of course, always a full agenda that they're willing to spend on this, but it has got importance, and, and I've urged uh, everyone that's contacted me, and I've had many, many around the state, and I've listened to their stories, and I've identified I understand their stories uh, because it's not about what uh, they're, they're, they're not wanting doped up. They're trying to get a level of daily life that is achievable, but it's not the same for everyone. Uh, as Lisa or the other lady mentioned. Heather. Heather. They, there, are, there are bad practitioners. I've already heard of, of one that left the state because of the, the, the uh, extra uh, possible review that's coming. But what, what has happened in this is even though the law seems simple, you just do extra paperwork, there's not all of the, most everybody said, we're not going to do it. We're not going to risk our practice. We're going to put you in at base. In testimony in the committee, it was, it was told uh, of, of some of the uh, people that was told to me and I testified in the committee. Some were told, just declare yourself an addict and go to the methadone clinic, mm. and, and and a guy told me, he does, he's not an addict. He does, you know, one was told, go get you some marijuana and smoke it. Well, the state of Arkansas has not set up the medical marijuana system yet. Not that that is a necessarily going to be a alternative to opioids. Again, we know there has been drastic opioid problems in the country, but as you've stated earlier, it's not, and the lady said, you, you paint with a broad brush and you're eliminating quality of life and sometimes even life mm-hmm. from people that, that need it. All right, so, Senator, what should the folks that are listening into my show right now that are going to get caught up to This is one of those things. I know this has all got good intentions behind it. We have a problem with opioids in the United States. However, you got to make sure that you don't sweep in people who need these drugs uh, with the people who, well, they need the drugs because they're addicts now, but who, who are wanting to, to break the law to get the drugs and things of that nature. What should they do? Should they call Kim Hammer? Should they call David Sanders and say, you need to think this over before you pass it. You're going to affect my life. Uh, all of us uh, uh, are elected, and that's what we said we'd do, is listen to our constituents. And, and if you're a, a resident state of Arkansas, I consider and will give you my time to listen. Uh, that That is what I'm asking for, is let's give this more time. I really think it would be good if it could go back to the medical board for more review, because the current chairman understands uh, I think that uh, it needs more discussion and more options. Give me an alternative for people that need help. 
And even though it says, well, you can get them help by doing more paperwork, if the doctors are fearful and they said, well, we're going to do more education for the doctors, the doctors immediately cut back drastically. Well, I think they're they're thinking if they if they file paperwork, it's like raising a flag up saying, yes. yeah, take time to look at me closer. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be the, the real, world, real world scenario that's happening, despite what the good intentions are. And I supported the the uh, drug monitoring bill, and, and I think Lisa's the one that stated that before. We have safeguards that we've set up in recent years uh, to, to keep over-prescribing. I can tell you there's some problems uh, out of bordering states uh, that it, it, in my area is, is where some of the, the problems are from, not necessarily uh, in, in the legitimate uh, uh, practitioners. All right. So it's happening over there in uh, what Oklahoma? In in Oklahoma, they, they, they've had uh, problems in it. And again, uh, where they talked about there was some around Little Rock and maybe Northwest Arkansas. Let's use the law and let's put bad practitioners mm-hmm. out of business. Right. Let's, let's let's use the law on them. Let's don't paint everybody and take away a decent quality of life. And as I stated in committee, I lost a friend to suicide. I'm very sensitive to taking away hope from people you may force people if you're going to cut this back drastically whether it's intended or not that's what's happening you may push people into buying heroin you may push people into buying legal drugs illegally on the street where they can't can't tell what the quality is coming maybe from out of the country and and you make a criminal out of somebody that's not necessary so this this needs more review in my in my book all right. Well, I appreciate you, Senator, for calling in. Thanks for being part of the, the Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again next year for sure when the general session gets together. Okay, Dave. Thank you. Appreciate right. you covering mm. the topic. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Appreciate you, Senator, State Senator uh, Terry Rice. He's from over in the Fort Smith area. Good guy. Uh, good conservative. You know, this is not uh, – This is. there's more to this than just about – you know, misuse of drugs. I mean, this has happened before in the in in the United States, and opioids are not the first drug that have been abused like this. No. No, I mean, no, uh, no. you know, well, I've been very honest on my show about what my life was like when I was in college. Uh, I was one. I abused drugs heavily, just so everybody knows. All right. I do remember some of the 60s. Not a lot. <laughs> not, not a lot of it. Kind right? of a haze, because wasn't it? Because yeah. of how the culture was. Uh, but uh, Quaaludes was the drug of choice at that time. Wow. I had a buddy that, uh, I'm, not, I'm not kidding, he had a 20-gallon container. No. Of Quaaludes. Oh, my God. That he sold. Oh, good grief. He made a lot. <laughs> He made well, it was a, the 60s. Can yeah. I just say, he made, <laughs> he made a lot of money. Massive, I bet he did. Took me out to lunch all the time. I bet he I'm did. just kidding. But anyway, <laughs> just saying. It, it, it was time. And if you lived in that time, when I say Quaalude, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Bill if Cosby I, does. If I say. <laughs> and, and see, he gets. But here's the key about Cosby. I'm not, I don't defend anything that has happened in the last five years. But a lot of the stuff that happened back in the 60s, I gave him a pass on because it was a drug used for entertainment. 
It was consumed for entertainment. If you, if I took a, a date out, so you want to do a quaalude or you want to do a lude, they say yes. What is the quaalude, by the way? I mean, I'm, it's, it's a, a downer. It's, it's a, a, a downer. It's a barbiturate. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. We won't go down in that rabbit hole, but it's one thing asking <laughs> and then volunteering, and it's quite another but to that's what say, I'm saying. oh, it's a, it's a, it's an allergy pill. Here, just it'll make you feel but better. But I'm just saying that <laughs> I, I will, I will tell you that he basically offered it and they knew what they were being offered i would bet that many of them did yeah but but that's a rabbit hole so yeah it would be a long and tedious show because you and i wouldn't agree no i'm just i'm just i'm just i'm just saying we don't usually right. disagree much all right so uh uh i gotta no, this take... is some serious stuff we we need to talk more about it i agree okay so we will come back and, and talk further about this. i got to get a break in. Uh, I want to uh, remind you that we're talking about Act 20, uh, A20, but most specifically about Rule 2.4. And what you heard the state senator says, I think, uh, bears uh, consideration, and that is send it back to the medical board. Now they have somebody in the medical board that understands the main argument about this. He agrees with the argument of it and uh, then bring it back to the rules people here that are our legislators and let them uh, vote on it. Um, I think Kim Hammer may be listening. If he is, maybe he could give us a, a ring and talk about what are the chances that that might happen coming up next Tuesday because there's a big bill coming up on Tuesday, a big vote, pardon me, uh, on the 17th. And, uh, it seems to me it'd be a pretty good idea probably to put that vote off until the medical board takes another strong uh, look at this. Let's uh, get a break in. we got more coming your way. Dave Ellswick show here on The Answer. All right, back with you. Let's finish this uh, conversation off uh, here on the Dave Ellswick show. State Representative uh, Kim Hammer joins us right now. Uh, Kim, you were a co-sponsor of Act 820. Uh, you've been working uh, with these uh, meetings dealing with Rule 2.4. I just had Senator uh, Terry Rice on. Did you get to hear any of his uh, talk with me? I did, and I know Terry's got a little, uh, as he testified in committee that day, uh, or one of the days we talked about it, you know, he's got some personal background experience, you know, from, uh, you know, from some health issues. So I think he brings a perspective that, you know, give some credibility to the conversation yeah it, it seems to me what i'm hearing and this happens often and as you know with bills at times that innocent people that you don't want the bill to affect ends up affecting them uh terry rice said he thought it'd be a good idea to send this back to the uh, medical board and and have them to look at it again do you think that we need more time than a vote on the 17th I think everybody agrees we got a opioid problem. You know, when we're in the position we're in as a state, you know, it's not where you want to be, you know, in the nation. Um, I think what would be good is next Tuesday, I'm sure the medical board will be there to give testimony as well, you know, the public such as your guests today. I think, you know, we need to we need to keep uh, open ears and and we don't want to punish the legitimate people that have the legitimate need. And, and it's a balancing act, you know, and Act 820 is a step in the direction uh, that I think we need to go. But like any other piece of legislation we run, um, very seldom do you ever get it perfect the first time. And 
you know, I, I think that there's room for discussion. Uh, if that if that happens next Tuesday, it happens next Tuesday. And if the majority of the committee, you know, wants to send it back, um, you know, I'm not coming in as chair uh, with a predetermined mindset. Uh, you know, I, I hope I've got a reputation or think I do that, you know, we want to listen to all the all the evidence. We want to listen to all the testimony. We don't want to be uh, precluding any decisions before everybody's had a chance to weigh in on it. At the end of the day, you want what's best. You want what's right. And you know, protect the innocent and, and punish the ones that are making it hard on the innocent. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Terry also said that, uh, you know, he's, he's concerned that the doctors see all this additional paperwork as a way of putting a bullseye on themselves for the medical board. Uh, it just seems like to me, it's, you got people that are, are, are scared on the, on the professional side and then you have people that are caught in the middle that need their pain medication perhaps higher than what you guys want to set it as, as, as the baseline. Uh, just, some you know, of, go ahead. Some of, some of the problem is there's a lot of misinformation out there as far as, um, and, and I get it, you know, the physicians don't want the medical board, but like was given in testimony last week, the medical, medical board, hasn't disciplined anybody either um you know and and what the doctors are being asked in cases where uh it goes above you know what are the recognized prescribing rates they're they're not being told no they can't do it they're just being told you've got to justify your actions which in my opinion uh isn't that big of a deal i think there are some doctors out there that are blaming us as a legislature for this act and and maybe they haven't been having the conversations with their parent with their patients that they've needed to have over the last two or three years. And now this piece of legislation has put them in a position where they need to have those conversations. But we're not saying they can't do it. We're just saying you need to be able to justify it if you do. And does that create extra work? Um, probably no more than what ought to be getting done anyway if you're prescribing to a heavy dosage. Um, you know, and, and that's some of the feedback we're getting from some of the doctors is it's it's really not that hard. So it really kind of boils down to a, to a physician-patient relationship, too, and what kind of relationship they have. Um, to your original question, uh, I'm on a, you know, the, the will of the majority of the committee will speak next Tuesday, and if the majority of the committee wants to send it back, I certainly, as chair, am not going to do anything to interfere with that. My job is just to make sure the committee is fair you know the process is fair the discussions are fair and people's voices are heard well just for me come to you it doesn't seem to me there'd be any big deal to you know put it on the back burner for another month maybe and get it back in front of the medical board and hear some more testimony from these patients and from the the physicians if the physicians go in front of the medical board i understand their worries but thanks for calling in. I, I appreciate that. Let's work on, for Monday, maybe we can get the medical board on. I'd appreciate if you could help make that happen. I promise you I will do everything in my power to help make that happen so everybody knows it's being you know considered fairly. All right. We appreciate you. Thanks so much, State uh, Representative Kim Hammer here on Dave Ellswick's show. i got to wrap it because we're out of time. Ladies, I want to thank you for coming in. Thank you so much for Lisa having us. Lisa O'Kane and Heather Pomplin. Yes. Uh, thanks so much for being here and, and coming you. in and thank sitting you. in the studio. I really All right. appreciate it. News coming up on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 
We'll get our guest on in just a moment. Russ has got to get a get a hold of him by the new device that we got called the uh, telephone. Oh yeah. Uh, we'll be contacting him over the phone and finding out, you know, uh, what what he thinks about uh, this on on the uh, the Dave Ellswick show. He's going to talk about the media as well as the media, the Democrats, but I'm talking about the same thing. Uh, we'll find out how they will attack <laughs> they they will attack uh, Kavanaugh. How are they going to do that during the upcoming confirmation hearings? And uh, I'll have some a few questions, but I'm going to kind of turn him over to uh, to Shelley and and to Elizabeth and let them ask their questions uh, and and uh, get his uh, his take on all of this because. I, I, as we talked about it uh, with Jr. I don't believe uh, that the Democrats are going to pull out everything they got in their arsenal. I think they know that. I, th- I think they know they've already lost. I think they will, though. No, yeah. uh, I think they will. I think. I think they can't help themselves. They are unhinged, y'all. Well, it's you know what's, bad. what's really great? I'm going to be honest with you. This this whole thing that they always bring up with. Uh, you know, uh, reproductive rights are at stake, abortion at stake, blah, 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 blah. The first time they used that argument was with Sandra Day O'Connor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's back in the late 80s. This is their same old playbook. Yeah, it, it is. is. The same but they've been thing it, yeah. for how many years, and they don't have any new ideas, and they don't have any new approaches. They just know they don't like what's in place. Guess, guess who else that they use that against? Kennedy. Well, and they've already oh, pulled yeah. out the stops by saying, you know, we oppose blank, whoever that nominee yeah. is. I X, mean, X. Uh, come on. Think of how much money those sign printer people I, made. I, I, I think yeah. this is the big one. Yeah, nah. <laughs> I think the next one will be, because I think it's going to be Amy from Notre Dame, and they'll be looking to replace Ginsburg, and that will be nuclear war see i've heard this whole thing get blamed on her because she could she have could retired have when retired obama, with was, obama around and was she wouldn't president. leave that's right <laughs> see i think this one's nuclear war oh, she's oh, gonna gosh. come she's gonna have to be taken out i believe feet first from the well, a lot of Court. these are symptoms of of a, of a political party that is in complete disarray well yeah complete very, very disarray obvious. with no discernible leaders of any kind so let's ask brian uh uh about this hey brian uh do you think that uh, this is because of the Democrats being disarray? And you think that they're going? Uh, do you still think now that it's we know it's Kavanaugh that it's going to be gender and and religion and whatever that are going to be the main avenues of attack on this man? Well, I, I was listening to what you guys. And by the way, thanks for having me on. I was listening to the discussion you guys are just having about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. The thought I had there was, you know, isn't it funny how you can be a reliable leftist, but if you do one little thing the way they don't want it done, yep. you're still falling out of favor with them. That's how intolerant they are. That's how. So even if you, you know, you have decades of voting their way, doing, you know, ruling their way, doing everything they want. Uh, so they are rigid, and I mean, they've gone off the rails here. I mean, we've been watching them. You know, the Boston Globe, the Washington Post. They're going after Kavanaugh because he bought too many baseball tickets. <laughs> yeah, I read that and, yesterday. And I started laughing. And paid his bill. Come on. But they would have oh, seen how if, criminal. If I were up, criminal. If I were up to be Supreme Court justice, and let me just say that will never ever <laughs> happen. But the bottom line, if I were 
up, uh, they would give me a pass on spending $200,000 on baseball tickets because they know that I'm a Chicago Cubs fan. There you go. <laughs> the bottom line is he paid that to that. The other part of the story yep, he that did. I loved was that they said, well, and the other troubling thing is, you know, his net worth was only reported as being between fifteen and I think fifty thousand dollars yeah. you know his total net worth and i thought oh wow oh so now it's a crime to be a normal american you know <laughs> i mean right. now it's a crime to not be a billionaire well he absolutely won't fit in with the well, rest of the crew yeah and the democrats it's always a crime to have money you know right i mean except they have okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm i've got my female uh <laughs> power panel in today here with uh, shelly and with elizabeth and they had they had questions for you, so I'm going to sit back a little bit here, uh, Brian, and not okay. and not let my testosterone uh, mix in with the estrogen that's here in the studio and and screw and screw things up. So, with that said, I'm going to turn it over to Shelly first. She got some questions for you. Well, I guess, sure. yeah, I guess. Hey, how are you? Um, I guess my first one is uh, Dave kind of started off uh, off the air and then on there that he didn't think this was going to be the nuclear war pick. And I, I, I love Dave. I agree with him just about everything. But I couldn't disagree with him more on this. I think this is already the nuclear war pick. What's your thoughts? No, I, I actually agree with you. And I think that any Trump pick for any office all the way down to dog catcher is nuclear war. <laughs> um, you know, and it's not just... Uh, in terms of a Senate confirmation hearing, but it's also the media. I mean, you uh, yeah. know that the Obama crowd, the Obama regime is still tied to CNN and the Washington Post, New York Times, you know, the usual suspects. So they have, I mean, there is a team at CNN called Kate File run by Andrew Kaczynski, who used to be part of BuzzFeed. And that is a smear operation employed by CNN to do nothing but hit jobs on even the lowest level Trump appointees. So they go from the very bottom all the way to the top. And you better believe that they are digging into every last thing that this guy has ever done. They're going to savagely attack him. They're not going to give Trump a freebie on Kavanaugh. Um, you know, the bottom line here is why did Trump get Kavanaugh? The only reason is because, you know, you'd have to get past Susan Collins of Maine. I mean, yeah. there's no way he picked anyone without calling her first and saying, Susan, you recognize that I do get a pick here. Uh, which on this list would you support? Would you support Kavanaugh? She had to have said yes, sure. or this wouldn't. Have and Murkowski too, forward. don't you think, Lisa Murkowski? Well, yes, yes, as well. I'm not sure that she would throw as much muscle behind it. I think no, Collins yeah. is the true kingmaker there. Um, she is to an extent as well, and there are a few others that can play spoilers. You know, we have there are Democrats that are endangered in red states that also might have to play ball, but we don't know yet. You know, they're polling in all those states to find out right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got that right. Hi, Brian. It's Elizabeth. Hi. Uh, the polling, that's the interesting thing. They don't take a step without doing that first, do they? <laughs> right. No. So, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. Well, I guess my question is, we're talking about the Democrats. What about on the other side of the aisle? Rand Paul. Some of these others. Do you think they've already approved behind the scenes? Is that why we went with Kavanaugh? Well, I think that that's where some of this could go awry because we have heard some conservatives grumble and say, you know, he's not all that conservative. He's not the dream pick that we were hoping for, whatever. But Trump is just playing smart politics here. And there could be tough questions from Iran's Paul or certain other uh, Republicans in the Senate. That could happen. 
Um, but the bottom line is, you know, this is about practical politicking here. You cannot put forward a nominee that's going to go down in flames. Uh, you cannot have a Bork kind of situation. I mean, hopefully everyone learned from what happened there uh, and why the word Bork became a verb. Um, you know, right. so you can't have that. So you have to put forward someone in the first place that has a shot. So does that mean we get the most conservative guy that we dreamt about or, or gal or whatever? You know, it means that we probably don't, but we still get a decent guy who has a shot at, you know, making this a permanent conservative majority on the U.S. Supreme Court. It's, I mean, this is a balancing act, and I think Trump is playing this smart. Well, the very fact that the Federalist Society vetted all of those candidates, of course, the main thing that has the Democrats' heads exploding, um, you know, any of them are a decent, good, solid candidate. I'm wondering about what you said about those comments, and I have read them as well, about conservatives who think that Mr. Kavanaugh may not be as conservative as he needs to be. And I am just really suspicious and wondering whether those are what I would call organic concerns or whether they're being planted by the other side. What's your thought? Well, that, you know, that could be the case. They could be planted. But we also know that our, on our own side, we have the never Trumper cabal, that, that group there that is really never going to be happy with anything that, uh, that Trump does. And I realize the never Trumpers are more on the liberal side, but they could also be throwing that kind of stuff out there. Cause I don't think, you know, they really want to have to take a step back and realize they've been wrong for the last three years. Uh, about almost everything. So there are people who are going to sow the seeds of dissent even from our own end, um, if you want to consider the never-Trumpers to be on our side. But nominally, they are supposedly on our side. So, I mean, it's it, it could, you know, Washington is full of slithering creatures. And, mm. you know, you never know who is responsible for what. The longer I've worked in Washington politics, the more I've been amazed. You just never know. I mean, the real truth is so much stranger than fiction. Um it's absolutely bizarre, the, the alliances that can occur sometimes. Well, and to play on uh, Elizabeth's question as far as um, Kavanaugh not being necessarily the most conservative pick, I, I almost think that's more propaganda and talking points coming from the left. I really do, just because everything I've seen on the guy and, I mean, what little I've, I've researched on so far, all accounts, he's pretty daggum conservative. Um, I trust the Federalist Society. <laughs> but uh, and then, but Amy Comey, I think, would have been the lightning rod pick. I mean, that was my pick anyway, but I think She'll that be would the have next been one. the, yeah. She, She's going to be the Ginsburg replacement. I mean, that's... A, yeah, a, a that's what Absolutely. There's going, right before, that's yeah. when nuclear war will erupt. It will be Thomas Bork time, uh, using the two justices that went through a high-tech lynching and the other who didn't get confirmed because of Teddy Kennedy, who I still despise for what he did. And uh, But I will say because of what Kennedy did, uh, the, con- the confirmation hearings had a little bit more civility after Robert Bork. And we, we missed at having a great justice oh, on the Supreme big Court time. with Robert Bork. Big time. Absolutely. Big time. We really did. And, and history would have been changed. So, you're know, right. I mean, Kennedy won a battle, but in a lot of ways, ultimately lost the war yep. for the Democrats. So, I mean, I, you know, I'm so worried about America today for so many reasons. I'm the one real ray of hope that we have, aside from the presidency at the moment, until they find a way to impeach him or whatever dirty tricks they're going to pull 
is the U.S. Supreme Court. I mean, you know, you look at these federal judges, these appeals judges, the Ninth Circuit uh, Court in San Francisco, and then the one in Hawaii, these crazy rulings. You know, the only real defense that we have is what happens at the very top. So, I mean, so much is at stake. And the one thing I've noticed is I don't think conservatives are as fired up at the grassroots level as they should be on defending Kavanaugh and making sure that he's confirmed because the left, there's a, you know, the left is always furiously angry. They're always ready to erupt and explode in anger and get violent. And we've been watching them, you know, their state of mental health deteriorate greatly, not only over the past three years, but especially in the last couple of months. Right. I mean, they have lost the marbles. Oh, oh, yeah, unhinged. All right, we got to get a break in. Before we do, let me just say that Jeff Flake of Arizona said that he believes that Kavanaugh is a good, solid pick. He came out with that uh, statement. Wow. So that puts my tension about him a little bit to rest. I, I do believe uh, Mikowski, uh in uh, Missouri may end up voting is it Mikowski? Is that Alaska. Right? Mikowski's oh, Alaska. Yeah, that's yeah. Alaska. Who's, in, who's running Claire for... Re- McCaskill? McCaskill. Claire McCaskill, yeah. I think McCaskill cannot be ruled out for voting for Kavanaugh because the latest polling numbers show her, show her trailing now. Yeah. And we all know that Heidkamp Mansion has said right. that he may be able to vote for Kavanaugh, which means that he'll vote for Kavanaugh. Donnelly over in Indiana, I think... If he's got a brain left in his head, and I, I kind of question that, he uh, he should vote for uh, for him as well. So I think we got the votes. To be yeah, honest, and I'd bet all the money in the world, McCaskill, Claire McCaskill from Missouri is going to vote for him. Yeah. So bottom down. line, bottom line is, I believe that even Schumer knows we have the votes. I bet he does. They'll put on oh, a show. I mean, it won't be ugly between now. No, they're going to put on a show, man. Oh, they'll put on a show for sure. Yeah, they're going to put on a show. They'll never sound bites for, for the evening news. Yeah, they got to get out oh, there yeah. and let, and make the people that they're feeding the red meat to think that they're doing everything they can. When even Durbin understands, <laughs> they don't have much they can do. So you do not think that those loyal Democrats are going to, you know, follow the party line and do what you know Senator what I think, Durbin asked I think, them to do? What and I, think, I, think they called, I think they called Dick Durbin up, and they said, <laughs> you fall on your sword first. I would hope. <laughs> you know, that's hope. what I think. All right, well, let's get a break in. We'll come back. We'll talk more. Brian Mahoney is our guest. What do he thinks the left is going to do? And when I say the left, we're talking about Democrats. And when we come back, we'll talk specifically what's the media going to do. Hey, lots of big changes over at Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics uh, here in Little Rock. Their 12th Street location, their, you know, Seminole location, their historic first location is getting a, a do-over, a complete demo in addition, a state-of-the-art facility to rise like the phoenix out of the ashes with the latest technology and prosthetics and orthotics. A new gate room is going to be added. They got a 3D printer uh, that they have now a large new waiting room, and then they have the new mastectomy area. And women, if ladies, if you if you've had to have your breast removed because of breast cancer, uh, they now have a special area with all the privacy and comfort you need while you are fitted. It's all because Hortons prides itself on their patient relationships. Their patients are number one uh, in their mind. And they take good care of you. So remember, they have six locations now. They're going to have this new updated facility on 12th Street in Little Rock. 
and North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy. That's Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics providing a lifetime of support. You know, if you want a career working outdoors, if you're detail-oriented, you strive to do the right thing. If you want a career with a leading company, can work with your hands, you thrive out there working outdoors, maybe standing 30 foot in the air. Well, you need to join the PI Roofing Team, PI Roofing Home Solutions, expanding their operations department to better serve their customers as they grow. And so if you want to grow with them, they need you. You can come and build their your future with them. PI Roofing Home Solutions has career opportunities in their commercial roofing and service division, residential roofing and service division, and the home solutions divisions. You can make a difference together as uh, you'll climb your ladder to success with the folks at PI Roofing. Uh, apply at piroofing.com or give them a call, 501-707-3551. Back with us, Brian Maloney. I went, Brian, I'm turning you back over to the woman. Good luck. And uh, <laughs> oh, here, oh. here's here's Elizabeth. Um, you're in D.C., right? Well, I'm in the Boston area, and I work in D.C. I've been in uh, politics for a million years, and we have a group called the Media Equality Project and a Facebook group I'd like your listeners to know about where we're fighting back uh, on behalf of conservatives. We have 112,000 members on a group called Stop the Scalpings on Facebook. Uh, Stop the Scalpings, if you'd like to join, just enter that into the search. uh, Stop the Scalpings, and then uh, we'd love to have you join. And that's the Media Equality Project, yes. Project. So Stop the Scalpings is our activism group on Facebook, and we started it just over a year ago, and we've been involved in all kinds of activities, just fighting on behalf of conservatives, uh, and we're very activist-oriented, and we have an amazing group of people from all across the country there. Well, you got one person with your group that shows up on my show at least every quarter, and that's Megan Barth. Yes. Yes. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, she's a fantastic person. We got. I got. I just got a minute left, so ladies, I got to wrap up on you. Oh, okay. Oh, well, good right? to talk. To, yeah. Okay. Thanks for your insight. Brian. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. it's good Always stuff. Talking to you. It's great stuff. Uh, but the media will play a, a major role in this as well, as they'll echo out all of the talking points that the that the left leaning Democrats, not even left leaning, but they're so left now they left the ballpark. Uh, as far as the Democrats are concerned. Brian, thanks for the time. We'll get you back on in the near sure. future. Thank you. All right, we'll talk to you later. we got 30 seconds, ladies. How'd you like Brian? He's a good man. Good stuff, yeah. He's nice. It's mm-hmm. always good to hear firsthand information from those who know. It well, is, he's, yeah. He, he's done he this hangs out. Years. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's hanging out, in the, uh, out there in the wonderful world of uh, the Beltway. Yeah, and Megan and all of them do that, and it's always good to have them on. All right, we're going to hear uh, from the news here in a moment. When we come back, got another half hour left. We'll get into this straight discussion just between the three of us when we return. Hey, don't forget about helping uh, our sister station, The Fish, at 93.3 FM, uh, raise money for the Salvation Army here in Central Arkansas. You can help uh, your community as well if you just will drop off your change or uh, how much uh, money you're led to, to give to help with the Million Penny Morning Show 
And you can drop off your monies uh, personally at sites like Arkansas's David's Burgers, any of their locations, Wild River Country or Family Life. Or you can call the Salvation Army at uh, 501-374-9296. Remember, I put out a challenge uh, to you. Yeah, you who have your fo- you know radio on listening right now. $20. I gave 20 bucks. I want you to give 20 bucks. You can do it over the phone using a debit card, using a credit card. 501-374-9296. And all the money that's being raised for this is all going to sit right here in central Arkansas. And I got to tell you what, if there's a group I like helping, uh, the Salvation is one. There's about four groups that I'm real uh, serious about helping, and Salvation Army is right there in the top two. Dorcas House is the other uh, site that I I really like helping uh, also. But I want you to help uh, the Salvation Army right now, help people in central Arkansas, help with the Pathway Program. That's a new pay. The new program, we've talked about it here on the show with William and with uh, um, Michelle and, uh, and, and, d- and discussed it and how it's a hand up and not a hand out. Call right now. Why don't you do it now? 501-374-9296. You tell them you're going to meet uh, the Dave Ellswick Challenge and give uh, 20 bucks. You'll have no problem doing it. They'll get it done painlessly and quickly if you'll just call that number. All right, Elizabeth is here, and uh, show us, uh, Shelly, we're, we're still looking for one more lady. If you think you can bring it to the table and uh, talk on the show and share your opinions, then uh, I'm willing to sit down and talk with you about being part of, of this panel. Now, I, can that teenager in the middle give her opinion? Well, I can let her talk. <laughs> she did the last time yeah, I was here. Yeah, we let yeah. her talk the last time. We'll let her talk this time as well. But I'm looking for another uh, female adult. And in fact, maybe someone of, of color. That would be nice yeah. if we could get you know, get that side of it as, as well. I can tell you we're the only radio show, talk show, uh, that has had people of color host it, uh, be on my show consistently, and and whatnot, and I think that's why you don't hear people of color call up and say you're so full of crap. We don't right. hear all that because yeah. they get they they hear their folks as well here on the show. That might be me telling them they're full of crap. But anyway, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> here, here I'll make kidding. somebody out there giggle. Okay. Tamika, I'm talking to you, girl. Oh, okay. There you are. That'd <laughs> be good. Know. Be good to have you have somebody like that on. And in fact, if if you're just you're not either a Democrat or a Republican, but you you have you're able to articulate your position well. Just might be able to get you in here, and I'll I'll put a cage up, and Elizabeth and, and Shelley won't be able to get to you. You won't have to do that. And We're I'll good I, girls. and I'll tell them that they can't pull hair or anything. Right? Take out the earring. Well, now, I don't know <laughs> if I was earring. I don't know if I want to come back if we can't pull hair. I mean, come right. on. No I mean, girl fights. Oh no girl fights. You're a fun sucker, day. No big I don't plastic pools of pudding or jello. <laughs> No, we don't do that sort of thing, do we? No. No, no not at no. all. All right. So let's go back and, and talk a little bit more about the two things that you all have been talking about in these two hours. One, uh, this uh, Act 820, 
and Rule 2.4, which would uh, set a baseline on, uh, what is it, opioids, basically. I think they're using, uh, what is it, um, um, what's the drug that they, they use as the baseline? Morphine. Morphine or oh, heroin. Yeah. 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 yeah, morphine is the base. MME is what they talk, minimum uh, amount of uh setting that up but the problem with it is is that pain, people that are under pain management and they're getting more than that baseline mm-hmm. are their doctors are denying to keep it at that they're lowering it to this baseline because the doctors don't have to don't want to have to sit down and fill out a ton of paperwork well you know i don't even think it's that the ton of i mean yes there's more of it i'm sure it's more on a computer and it's probably not that um exhausting as far as the paperwork goes but uh it's more a fear i mean i'm a patient I'll, I'll everybody i know in my life people i don't strangers everybody's patients you know everybody has a doctor seen do- sees doctors all the time and I mean, it, my experience and people that I know, the doctors are so terrified these days to prescribe this kind of stuff. And that's more, you know, because it's kind of like the deal where uh, in your bank account, if you if you do ten thousand dollars, IRS gets, you know, you get flagged. Like it's like throwing up a flag warning, and it's kind of like the doctors just don't even want to go there because, really, I mean, whoever's judging whatever that you know they're having to justify everything they do. And what if, you know, so-and-so is looking at it from the medical board or, or whoever and says, you know what, I know this isn't, you know, we're going to look into this guy some more. I mean, it, well, it, this is a situation where, you know, we obviously have opposing viewpoints. We do have an opioid crisis. We do have sure. chronic pain folks who really need the help. For sure. And yeah. what I see is a politicized situation. It is. It's it is. all about the yeah. politics and yeah. not about helping the people who need to be helped and protecting the people who need to be protected the doctors in many from what i'm seeing here are sort of in the middle in a lot of ways they are caught in the middle uh this is part of the obamacare argument i remember hearing this back then the doctors were like we want to be able to practice medicine this way and no the government is telling you got to do it that way and they were going crazy trying to figure out how they can continue doing what they want to do which is help people in most cases It's it's just ridiculous. Well, and, and the I patients also see are caught the, in the middle. Well, right, the patients but. definitely are caught in the middle. But I see the legislative uh, legislators um, as usual. You know, what's the saying about when you're you know the carpenter and all you have is a hammer? Everything looks like a nail. You want to hammer yeah. on it. I really worry about the unintended consequences of legislation. Yeah, like this. Uh, this is not they good. Really need they to need to back it, off. It's talk not, about it a little yeah. more. They seriously need to back off. I mean, I, it's it's they're they're just they're reaching in again, you know. And trying to, I mean, yes, there's a huge problem. But I mean, you're talking about now regulating a legit doctor with a legit. Obviously, if it's somebody coming to a doctor and they're just trying to get drugs, where the doctor's gonna know. I mean, then they're not gonna prescribe. So you're talking about legitimate doctors prescribing legitimate pain medicine to patients. For legitimate pain, and now they're coming in with this regulation, and it's just going to... Well, and let's back up a step. They're going to get between people and their physician, and And I I don't know a a good conservative that ever wants to do that. And that does cure nothing about the the heroin or the opioid addiction. It literally addresses nothing on the streets, all the stuff, even the legal, legal 
prescriptions that people get to just to sell i mean it addresses none of that or the quacks out there that that everybody knows who to go to to get this that the other you know it addresses none of that instead it's punishing not only the doctor but it's punishing the patient as well well it's ridiculous. And it's coming and it call all the happen. way down the line to the patients and i think about the i forget the statistic exactly now but the information about the opioid epidemic uh that i've been privy to and i've seen has to do with the drug companies pushing so much of this, in this case, opioids, mm-hmm. into the state that we had, I forget what the number was. It's like there was so many pills going through the state of Arkansas that every mm-hmm. person in the state could have 40 a day or yeah. some ridiculous number. Yeah. It was way high. Seems to me. I took my share. No, seems to me kidding. that there ought to be some way to legislate at that level. Like, deal with the criminal I mean, if they know it, that yes, many pills are coming into the state yeah. that are being sold legally or right. illegally, but no, it seems we're to me go that's another avenue. Put more pressure on doctors who are already scared down, to down death to as it is and have been prior to this regulation they've come up with. I mean, they've been terrified for years and years and get more terrified. Instead, let's go mess with the... The the good people, kind of like the well, Second Amendment, when the criminals mess saying. up, and they take the gig, the gun, guns away from the good guys. You know, it's kind of the same where they're. I mean, what in the world? It's so backward. I just you know can't. what? I think that that is a perfect example here that we always scream about mm-hmm. when it comes to guns, and that is you make rules or laws that are supposed to curtail the bad people from having a, 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 a gun, but in effect, all you do is affect the person who's following the law. The law follows. And see, that's what's, what I see happening here. That's what yeah, I say. Exactly. Has the legislature exactly looked happening. at other avenues of control? And, you know, I know we have a problem. We're looking at trying to address it. Yep. Have they looked at other avenues? Have they looked at, I don't know how this occurs. I don't know how is the that real, volume is the real of pills problem, comes into the state. Yeah, is the real problem doctors who are... Uh, giving people prescriptions for these pills or no. is the problem somewhere else yeah the mm-hmm. problem is is somewhere no, else that is know. not in the doctor's office there are a handful they can take care of these guys I mean, that, you that can are, look that at are the how many doctors how many wise. opioids are are you uh, prescribing. But, I mean, ninety nine percent of doctors in the state of Arkansas are not the problem. I mean, go after the one percent that are, and then and and the patients aren't necessarily the problem. You know, the the problem is somewhere else. But instead, they it's like they just want to smoke and mirrors. Perception is reality. Like we're trying to do something about the opioid crisis. Well, I mean, it, it's absurd and it makes me mad. Well, that's really another mad. thing. It's People should I be think upset. perhaps maybe this is one of those situations where it's like, let's go ahead and do something. So we can say so we, we did something. So we got to say we're doing we something. We got to do it now. Right so Governor we said we did playbook because apparently he's behind it too. And, uh, you know, you've got a drug czar, Kurt Lane, whatever. I have a problem with him being the drug czar, but that's a whole other story. However, uh, you know, wh- why, why aren't we going after where the problem actually lies, not with these good, upstanding doctors who are there trying to make a living and do it, do no harm and take care of their patients and as well as... And if they know who the, the pill doctors are, go get them. Them. they go after them? If I know them. who they are, how could they not know who they are? Well, that's I mean, what I'm thinking. It would be easier to me to go target that individual <laughs> and the several of them and yeah. go after them, perhaps. I mean, I don't, I don't know. know who they are all over Arkansas. I just know from... Two different cities I've lived in. When I lived in North Little Rock, I found out of one and at some point. And then I found out living in uh, Fulton County, I found out one about one that 
did that kind of stuff in a whole nother county right next to us and uh not because i was thinking i'm saying like these people yeah. just talk you know and not and so if i know about them then how well, could they not this and, is, and i would i would suggest to state senator terry rice as he was talking about they had problems with some people in oklahoma doctors in oklahoma that were doing these kinds of uh, uh prescriptions uh that they need to talk with their folks from the legislature in oklahoma to make sure that that stops well and the caliber of these doctors uh, and to to the extent that they're they're doing this is so bad the ones that are the bad ones here and there the handful very few handful in arkansas i mean you're talking that's like dea level like needs to go in yeah they should go we're not talking about a little regulation for a long time make these quacks i mean this is just absurd dave i just can't (laughs) all right we're gonna take a break we'll come back and uh, we'll talk just a few moments uh, about kavanaugh as well don't forget about the 100 percent satisfaction guarantee at arrow arrow plumbing uh, arrowplumbing.net don't forget if you're not 100 percent satisfied with the service uh, that they've provided they'll refund all of your money if the plumber starts swearing in your home uh you don't have to pay for the service if uh, they don't wear their little shoe covers, you don't have to pay for the the service. If you find out they weren't drug tested, you don't have to pay for the service. And if a repair fails in the, the first year, they're going to repair it at Arrow at no charge. Check out with the uh, plumbing group that I use. You know, Earl Donaldson started Arrow. He has uh, continually worked to make sure you, the customer, are taken care of aeroplumbing.net or just uh, go on Google and type in aeroplumbing. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Final few moments after talking to Brian Maloney uh, last half hour. What's your guys' thoughts? I mean, what what did you think about what he had to bring to the table today? You want to start off, Elizabeth? I'll let you start this time. Well, again, it's always good to hear from the insiders who, who know a lot, and you hear what's on the news, you never really know. I don't trust anymore what I hear on the news, whether Mr. Kavanaugh will be approved, will not be approved, who said yes, who's not saying no. It's good to hear from people who may have a little better feel than us hearing it through the news, Yeah, but okay, it still I, makes I, me wonder. Now, the two of you were talking about, and I think, Elizabeth, you brought up about Rand Paul. What is... Rand Paul have against Kavanaugh. I don't think it's a whole lot. I think that he doesn't like the way that Kavanaugh has leaned towards uh, the executive and the power that the executive wields and, uh, of of course, the Fourth Amendment. And he's a little bit of maybe – I won't say he too – He may be kind of moderate there. Well, I think he's even – I think he's – though he he breaks – breaks down the fourth amendment where it's not an important amendment in his his eyes the comment i've heard about judge kavanaugh on fourth amendment is that he is more favorable and if paul were here i'm sure he'd have something to say he's more favorable toward the police position than the people's position on well the that's what amendment. i was saying that's yeah you know, so that's that doesn't mean that he thinks we should get rid of the miranda rights or anything like that it's not that big of a deal as far as i'm concerned and i you know i'm split i totally believe in law enforcement and the rule of law i do think we've had a lot of bleeding over of from straight up law enforcement into infringement of rights can i say fast and furious yeah okay yeah 
<laughs> that, yeah. That's a good example. Oh, that, good that serves. One. Yeah. yeah. But it worries me. And I really am not sure whether I think that Judge Kavanaugh will be approved. The reason I brought up Rand Paul is he's just another one of those. You mentioned Jeff Flake, and I'm surprised that he came out so uh, early on in this fight yep. with a positive, what I would consider to be a positive comment. But Rand Paul's another one. You just never know. And that's why I brought him up. I th- You never know what way he's going to go on any issue I think, anymore. I think he votes for I Kavanaugh. think he goes think for he, Maisie, yeah. You think? Uh, yeah. yeah. I think what do you think the overall vote will be? And, uh, I don't know. 51, I, I, 49? No, I, Claire McCaskill, people like her, uh, they're going to vote, gonna vote for him. She's absolutely. She, she's this? in Missouri, and that is a Trump Stay, and wouldn't okay? it be fun if she did and, and still loses her race? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I can't stand the woman. Cannot stand her. Now, living in almost to the border at Arkansas, Missouri, I got the the Springfield, Missouri news instead of Little Rock all the time, and I had to stomach that woman for eleven years or, or oh, yeah, well, however long she's been in the picture. Yeah. But she, is, I mean, she's not that well thought of there. However, she's one of those. Uh, uh, like an old Hillary Clinton where she played the middle and the center and tried to appear. So that's the only reason she's even still got her job. And that's another reason she needs to go. She's part of the old guard. Right, she is. But she doesn't want to because she loves that power. So she votes for Kavanaugh. Hands down, she'll make a stink and try to act like, you know, she'll play both sides so of the fence. So then it'll be fun to watch. country there. So she makes a stink about, a big stink about Kavanaugh. Makes She loses her election. This back to what Dave said, you know, it's going to be quite a show. Oh, they're going it's to going to be on fun a, to watch Claire McCaskill yeah. and Mansion, perhaps, and so, but, a few others play both sides. Right. And so, but I don't think McCaskill's going to show all out. I think she's going to turn up, but not turn out, because she doesn't want that that uh, video of her, you know, just being a a, a left wing nut, or, you know, or whatever. Because she she's more. I just think I think she just stays more quiet and do no harm. And votes. I, I, it's a slam dunk. She's going to get slammed if she does anyway. From sure, both sides, sure. From and you've sides. got several Democrats. Any of those red state Democrats. Same, yeah. Yeah. Either way, they're just hers. they're in an impossible, totally impossible. Yeah. Well, Manchin's already come out and said that he's leaning towards voting for Kavanaugh. Yeah. And that's the the what do they call it? Dog whistle that he will vote. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there will be a lot of screaming and a lot of. I mean, my goodness, we'll we'll see stuff we've never seen before. Even in all the time, no, you know, Maxine Waters all be out there howling, but knowing that the guy's going to get. If if you think the end. hearings this morning with Mister Struck were entertaining, oh, Trey Gowdy with show. that in the with that in the can now, I can't imagine what it's going to be like at the hearings for He's Judge Kavanaugh. He's my Kavanaugh. hero. No. Dave, I hate to, hate to tell you guys this. Yeah, today. I'm sorry to I see know. him leaving. With that said, we're out of time. Thanks for coming in, ladies. Appreciate it. Thank Elizabeth, you. of Thanks course, and, and Shelly. They'll be back. Uh, at least Shelly, for sure, will be back next Thursday Fish. here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Elizabeth might take a day off. You never know. You just got to tune in to see if she's here. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. See you Surprise. tomorrow at 2 o'clock. <laughs> Bye-bye now. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.